0: Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to The Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! we're in a very important series that I believe because I, I feel we have forgotten some virtues, right? We've forgotten some virtues uh, in our society. And as a church, we have forgotten virtues. And so today I want to talk to you uh, about a virtue that I believe is in short supply in our society. And that's the virtue of loyalty. So I'm going to say loyalty, loyalty. We're going to talk about loyalty. How many by show of hands would agree that disloyalty is a significant problem in our society today? By show of hands, how many believe that? Yeah, a lot of hands up. Um, Most of you would agree that. But how many by show of hands um, say this, for the most part, I am a loyal person. For the most part, I'm, I'm a pretty loyal person. Yeah, yeah, a lot of hands up. Here, herein lies the challenge. Uh, we all say that it's a problem within society, and we all say that we are loyal people, and the reason we do is because of this. Disloyalty is difficult to see in the mirror. <laughs> I'm gonna come up on your front porch today. We're gonna talk about it. Some of you be like, yeah, this is good. Some of you be like, ooh, that hurts. And sometimes the word cuts, you know what I mean? That's what the Bible says. It's the two-edged sword. Disloyalty is often difficult to see in the mirror, isn't it? I mean, we're loyal until. We're loyal until they say something that rubs us the wrong way. And then we out, right? We're loyal until they don't do what I want them to do for me. We're loyal until they disagree with me. Right. And so uh, to expound on this, um, I'm going to tell you a story, true story. This happened. Uh, Tara and I were dating. We're about six months into dating. Now, I wasn't sure at this point if she was the one or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like I was falling for her, like, man, you know, met her in Bible college, and we started dating, and the, that, that semester ended, and our friend was getting married down in Houston, Texas. So a group of us go down to Houston, Texas, and to celebrate our friend. So we're there for a few days, and then um, the one night, our friend says, hey, we're going to go to my cousin's house in Louisiana, and we're going we're gonna to get some crawfish from him. How many of y'all ever ate crawfish? I'm not talking about shrimp. I'm talking about crawfish, like the kind where you suck out the heads. It's crazy what they do down there in Louisiana. I understand why all these reality shows are from Louisiana, like swamp people. How many like swamp people? Come on, I love swamp people. Boy, I get on that for like an hour. I'll be like caught up. and I love the way they talk and all the stuff they do. But, um So anyway, we get in this van. There's like seven, eight, nine of us or something. And it's like late at night. We're like, why are we going to your cousin's house late at night? And he's like, oh, we're just going to go hang out, get the crawfish, come back, whatever. And so we're driving there. We end up at this house that we think is his cousin's house. And and so we pull in, and it's real dark, and it's in a wooded lot. And we pull up, and only thing I see, all of us seeing, is just a fire that's lit, but nobody's around it. Now i see seen some crazy movies. I ain't trying to get out of this van. I will see anybody. And he's like, all right, let's get out, guys. We go to get out of the van, and all of a sudden, the van doors lock. And I'm like, oh, snap. This is that Freddy Krueger stuff. This is that Friday the 13th. What's going down? I'm ready to fight. What's up? And it was just really weird. I mean, this was so real to us that that we were scared out of our minds, y'all, because then out of the front door comes a person with a mask on and a shotgun. So then I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to die. I'm going to die. I won't get married. I'm going to die <laughs> without getting married. And uh, this guy comes out with this shotgun, and we're all freaking out. And, you know, our friend, he's just, like, he's acting, like, they did this whole thing to scare us, right? And he's acting like he's freaked out too. And then all of a sudden the person comes off the porch and starts running towards us with a shotgun. Okay. I'm right here, Tara's right here. When this dude starts running, I throw Tara in front and I run this way. I'm gone, y'all. I only with her six months. I don't know if she's supposed to be my wife or not. So I you know what I mean? I'm loyal, but I'm not that loyal. <laughs> and, and we separate for like a good hour. This goes on, and they had all these different things they scared us with. I mean, guys, I thought I was going to die. Like, it was that real to me. Anyway, I'm not going to get into the whole thing of what happened, but my point is this. I would tell you all day that I'm loyal. But in reality, when I get in a pinch, I'm often just loyal to myself. And so are you, if you think about it. So are you. And so let's talk about it today. Um, We're going to visit a guy in the New Testament who declared he was loyal to Jesus, um, but really was disloyal. His name was Peter. Uh, Most of you know the story, but um, the night before Jesus was arrested and he would be ultimately crucified. After that, he sat down with his disciples, better known as his small group, um, because Jesus had a small group. If Jesus had a small group, yeah, you get the point, right? If Jesus got baptized, I need, if Jesus had, okay. Okay, pastor, you're plugging it. Yep. Yep. It's all in the book. It's all in the book. And he sat down and he would tell them what's to come. He said, listen, guys, um, some of you aren't going to like what's going to happen. You know, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be tortured. And some of you are going to be confused. And there's others that are in this small group that are going to deny me and forsake me. And Jesus just lays it flat out. And we end up in Matthew 26, verse 33. Peter replied after Jesus says all this. He says, even if all fall away on account of you, what does he say? I never will. I'm with you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me. How many times? Three times. times. Not one, not two, but three. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you. Peter's like, I'm ride or die, Jesus. Right? I'm going with you to the end. I will never disown you, he says. And we know the story. That very night, same night three different individuals would come up to Peter. They would come up. The first individual said, hey, aren't you, you, you with Jesus, right? Like, Jesus who? I don't know who you're talking about. And then another person came up. Hey, you're part of the, the, the disciples, right? You're one of Jesus' followers, right? And he's like, I don't know who you're talking about. You got the wrong guy. And then on the third person, the Bible says he denied, and the rooster began to crow. He declared he was loyal, but really he was disloyal. The Bible says that after the rooster crows, he walked away and wept bitterly because he knew. He knew that... Man, I told Jesus that I'm with him to the end, and here I am. I am found disloyal. And here's what I want you to know today. Our first thought is this. True loyalty is proven, not proclaimed. True loyalty is proven. Someone say proven, not proclaimed. Proverbs 26 says this. Many will say, Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? You ever had a friendship and you thought, I'm going to have this friendship for the rest of my life until something happened? You found out they weren't so loyal or maybe you weren't so loyal in the friendship, right? It says many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? I love sports. Anybody like sports in here? Any any baseball fans? Any baseball fans? Uh, On the count of three, shout out your favorite baseball team. One, two, three. All I heard was Cubs. Um, I love this story about loyalty. 1947, Jackie Robinson played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Have you ever seen 42, by the way? Beautiful documentary about the life of Jackie Robinson. Encourage you to check that movie out. But Jackie Robinson was the first African American in baseball to break the race barrier. And he paid a price for it. He paid a price for it. They mocked him, they hated on him, they called him names, they threw things onto the field to try to stop him from playing in the major leagues. But Jackie had a friend who was his best friend who was so loyal. His name was Pee-Wee Reese. (laughs) What a name. Pee-wee Reese was his best friend, and one time they were playing in Cincinnati, and uh, Jackie Robinson was playing second base, his friend Pee Wee Reese was playing shortstop, and all of a sudden the crowd just began to boo and call Jackie names, and they were throwing stuff onto the field, and Pee Wee got so upset, he throws his glove down, walks over to Jackie, and this is the picture right here that happened puts his arm around him and they have this moment together and he encourages him and says a few words and all of a sudden the crowd just ceased to stop, shouting and taunting him. It was in that moment that true loyalty was defined. It was in that moment that Pee Pee Wee said, this is my friend and I'm gonna show you how loyal I am to my friend Jackie Robinson would later say, this one simple act did more than save his career and change the course of baseball, but it saved him in more ways than anyone will ever know. To this day, there's a statue, you could see it, of that moment when he put his arm around him to remind us of what loyalty is. Isn't that awesome? Loyalty. Someone say Loyalty. Loyalty. Loyalty is proven, not just proclaimed. It's proven. There there is acts behind it. Now, he could have just said, you know, I'm for Jackie. He's my friend. But he proved it. He proved it. In, in, In a tense moment in history, right, he proved his loyalty, Here's a few character traits of loyalty found in the scriptures. Note takers, get ready. Loyalty is unwavering in good times and bad, according to Proverbs seventeen seventeen. Loyalty is what you do, not what you say, according to Matthew twenty six sixty nine. Loyalty is in your heart; it's willing, not reluctant, according to Psalm seventy eight eight. Loyalty will invoke sacrifice. 2 Chronicles 11, 13. Loyalty to the Lord will be rewarded. Psalms 84, 10, and 11. And loyalty is who God is, even when we're disloyal. Romans 5, 8. I love that. It says, Romans 5, 8. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were disloyal, Christ was loyal to us. Right? Isn't that awesome? I know there's been times that I've been disloyal to God. How about you? No? I'm in the wrong church then. I'm in the wrong church. And Jesus actually said, yep, a lot of my people have been disloyal. Matthew 15, 8 says, these people, they honor me with their lips. They, They say they're loyal, but they're what? They're what? Their hearts are what? Far from me. So so they're proclaiming they're loyal to me, but their hearts, it, it, it's a issue, and it's always a heart issue. You look at every moment, maybe when you just took a few steps back in your relationship with God, or maybe grown cold in God, it all started with an issue in your heart. It all started with a a wrong attitude, and it all started with wrong thoughts that got into your heart that created this distance between you and God, because everything in our life flows from our heart. The heart matters. Someone say, the heart matters. The heart matters, and here's our second thought today. Disloyalty is born out of a divided heart. It's born out of divided heart. When God doesn't have all of our heart, their disloyalty is found. Think about this from God's perspective. God created you and I to show us that he loves us, right? He created us to have an intimate, ongoing relationship with him. He was so loyal, like I said, while we were still sinners and disloyal to him. He said, I love you so much. That I'm going to send my son to die a bloody, gruesome death without knowing if you are going to accept him or reject him. But I'm going to give you a free will because I will not have robots walking around worshiping me. I want people to do it out of their own free will, out of their heart. Huh? And he loved us and sent his son to die for us. Even when we were faithless, God was faithful to his loyalty to you and I. And God asked for our hearts. He doesn't want a divided heart. That's why when someone came to Jesus and they said, hey, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? You know, understand back in Jewish days that there, there were over 600 laws and commandments that you had to abide by in the Old Testament. Well, nobody could abide by all that, Right? Nobody could. That's why the high priest would take the sacrifice into the temple, sacrifice it for the sins of the people. Nobody could abide by all the commandments. Jesus comes on the scene. He said, I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Everything that they said, I am the ultimate sacrifice. No more animals have to die. I will give my life for all the sins of humanity, right? God came to Jesus. Well, what is the greatest commandment? He said, it is to love the Lord your God. Watch this. With all your heart, soul, and mind. Jesus said, that's the greatest thing you could do. And the second, he goes, if you want to really love your neighbor as yourself, love those who look different than you. Love those who vote different than you. Oh, come on now. Love those who weren't raised like you. Love those who have different likes and hobbies and come on now. Who drive different cars and wear different clothes than you. And maybe you don't understand them, but you, 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 you're called to love them too. Yeah. Just like you love yourself. Because we love us some self. <laughs> we do just, just pull up to dinner and let someone take your plate away. Before you get to eat that chicken and that baked potato with butter and cheese, salt and pepper. Oh, I felt the anointing right there. We always talk about food at the one. Just let someone take your full plate of food away. (laughs) Boy, you'd be fighting up in the Texas Roadhouse. And so Jesus said, You got to love the Lord your God with all your heart. But there's this pull, isn't there? There's this pull for for our hearts. There's this pull of the world and God, the world and God. And there's this this fleshly pull that we deal with because our flesh isn't saved. You know that? Someone said, well, I just can't stop from sinning. Well, flesh ain't saved. You can't save flesh. That's why the Bible talks so much about renewing the mind. Because that's where the battle is. If you can win the battle of the mind, you win the battle of the flesh. And you put carnality under. And you allow the spirit man to rule and reign. And that takes work. And not too many Christians want to put in the work to do that. Let's just be honest. I just want to come pastor for 65 minutes and you fix my life. I'll put my kid in kids' ministry, and you fix them too. No, we can't fix them because you're not modeling it in the home. Um, I'm away from my pulpit. Now I'm on the soapbox, brother. I'm on the soapbox. Welcome to soapbox preaching. Fix my teenager, Pastor Gabriel. Well, you let them run and do whatever they want. You let them watch whatever they want. Download whatever app. You ain't got no control over their phone. The devil is a liar. I got every passcode to my kids' phone. I know every app on their phone. Well, why? Are your kids crazy? No, that's why they're not crazy. I mean, it's not hard, but it's work. It's work to parent. It's work to say, no, 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 I I don't know that house you're going to. I don't know what they believe. I don't know the dad there. I don't know the mom there. I don't know the siblings there. It's your responsibility, parents. To raise your kids in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from the faith. You have a promise from God. Yes. You raise them in the way, but you got to raise them in the ways of God. That's right. That's churches, churches, and it wasn't an option for me growing up. It wasn't an option. It was, it was a priority and it was, it was demanded of me. And I'm thankful today. I'm a better person because of it. Yeah. And I, I didn't always want to go. Amen. Thank you. I didn't always want to go to church. My kids nowadays don't always want to go to church, but they know. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'm not a perfect parent. We don't live in a perfect house, and my kids do crazy stuff sometimes as well. And I have to discipline them. And that's the key word, discipline. That's the key word, discipline. I don't know who this is for, but it's not in the notes, but this is free today. It's just free. Take it. It's buffet style. If you like it, take it. If not, come back next week. There'll be more on the buffet. (laughs) Aren't you glad we could laugh in church? So many times I've lived as a Christian with a divided heart. There's been things in my life where I knew, man, that shouldn't be there. You know what, God, I, I let too much of that into my heart, and, and you said you want all my heart. And James says that in James 4, 8, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Do you know that you are as close to God as you have chosen to be? You, you are as close to God. You'll never be as close as you are until you make a decision that I want to know God more. I want to be close to him. You can look at other people and be like, man, their relationship is different because they're as close to God as they have chosen to be. They made the choice to get close to God. That's what he says. Come close to God and he'll come close to you. Remember, remember, he will not violate no one's will. Remember what we said. If, if, if you end up in hell, it was by your choice. It wasn't, you know what I mean? He'll, he'll, he won't send anybody there. That's your choice. That's, you, that's your choice. And he says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your what? Your what? It's what? Between what? Out in the world will be the tension until we leave this earth, right? It'll be the tension. It'll be the, t- and that's okay. As long as we know that will be the tension. As long as we know that as soon as we walk out this place, we're going to have some tension with the world and God. We're going to hear, we're going to get refreshed. We're going to be, yeah, I'm going to start out the week good. And then the world comes in. Ah, that stuff ain't real. You prayed last week. God didn't answer your prayer. You, you prayed for healing two years ago for your aunt, and she died. God doesn't heal people, and then the world comes in. Oh, you really don't believe all that God stuff. You really don't believe that Bible. You don't believe there's a heaven, do you? You believe there's a hell, do you? You know, all of this stuff. So that's the tension. So questions. What has your heart divided today, or who has your heart divided? We have to answer those questions. And these are important questions because everything in life flows from your heart. Proverbs talks about it so much so. The writer of Proverbs talks about you got to guard your heart, protect your heart. And he uses the illustration of put a security system around your heart. You put a security system around your house, right? Some of you have a security system on your car. But what about securing your heart? What about protecting your heart? We invest more in temporal things than we do our heart, right? If, if everything in my life flows to and from my heart, then I better pay attention to my heart. I better be careful who I allow speak into my life. I better be careful who I hang with. Because there's been a whole lot of spiritual casualties because people spoke words of doubt and fear into their hearts in this season. And they're no longer around because they listen to that, okay? Proverbs 4, 23 and 27, he talks about, watch over your heart with all diligence. Why? For from it flows the springs of life or the issues of life, another translation. And he says, watch, here, here's, here's the things you need to watch for. Verse 24, put away from you a deceitful, lying, misleading mouth and put devious lips far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead toward the path of moral courage and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you toward the path of integrity. Consider well and watch carefully the path. If you want to guard your heart, consider well and watch carefully the path of your feet. Where are you going? Who are you hanging with? Where are your feet taking you? And all your ways will be steadfast and pure. Do not turn away to the right nor to the left where evil may lurk. Turn your foot. From the path of evil, so we 'll have many opportunities in our life to be disloyal to God. We have to watch and guard our hearts. Some will say, "My heart matters." Other relationships we will have another, uh, have opportunities to be disloyal is this: the second relationship is to our spouse, right? Pl- plenty of opportunity to be disloyal to our spouses, right Now. I'm going to be sarcastic, Jacob, for a minute. Is that okay? Yeah. If you want to be disloyal to your spouse, ladies, then put him down in front of his friends. Tell him he's not a provider. Come on now. I'm being sarcastic, Jacob. I don't expect any talk back during this moment. Trust me, it's been quiet as a mouse all day. <laughs> right? If you want to be disloyal to your spouse, uh, guys, um, then take shots at your wife, take shots at her in a joking manner and make fun of her in front of her friends that that'll, that'll cause some disloyalty. And you know, if you really want to go there, because we live in a culture that says, if I don't get my way, I'll just trade you in for a newer model, right? Cause 50% of marriages will end in divorce and that's in the church and outside of the church. And then if we don't end in divorce, between 40 and 60% of marriages have infidelity. So they say, you know what? I'm not gonna get a divorce, but I'm gonna cheat on you with someone else. And that could be a physical or it could be an emotional affair. There are two things. And um, so if you wanna be disloyal, this is what you do. You allow your eyes to wander. You allow your thoughts to run wild. and, And if you wanna be disloyal, ladies, then dress to get the attention of others. Try to draw attention to yourself from, and get it from other people. But above all else, just put anything ahead of your spouse if you want to be disloyal. Just work all the time. Don't go around them. Don't hang out with your family. Don't do date nights anymore. Just, just put your life into your work and maybe get a hobby that takes you away from them or a TV show or maybe play video games for seven hours a day, even though you're 42, This is, this is sarcastic, Jacob. Um, and definitely make friends with other people uh, besides your spouse. And, and hang out with him more than you do your spouse. All right, I'm done being sarcastic on that point. Let's go to the word. Malachi 2.15. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife in body and spirit? You are his. And what does he want? He wants godly children from your union. Yeah. Amen? Amen? He wants you to be fruitful and multiply. I was at Westfield today, and there were four new babies there. They were crying while I was preaching. I said, isn't this awesome? Babies cried. If you don't love this, you ain't going to love this church, because this is a growing church. And these people right here are a result of what God said, be fruitful and multiply. Come on, somebody. I know what they're doing after church. Just applying the word of God. Hey, babe, I'm just applying the word of God. We got to do God's word. I'll drink to that. It's water. That's God's word. Can't argue with the word. Then he says, look at this. Read these next four words. So, come on, all together. Ready? Read. Guard your heart. There it is. This section, you get the award. You get the prize. There's free coffee out there for you. So guard your heart, right. guard it, remain loyal to the wife or the husband, we can interchange that, of your youth, yeah. guard it. You got to guard your hearts, married couples, because the enemy would love for you to have a divided heart, yeah. He would love for you to creep in to a little something on the screen that satisfies you, you think more than your spouse. He would love for a little emotional affair at work to happen. He would love to divide your family because of a divided heart. He would love to do that, to destroy kids' hearts and minds, all because you found disloyal to your spouse. Hmm? So let me ask you, married couples, what has your heart divided right now in your marriage? Or who has your heart divided? Let's check our hearts on that. Amen? Second, or The third group, so we have God, right? We can be disloyal to God. We could be disloyal to our spouse. The third group is to our friends, to your friends. You, we all have friendships. And so if you want to be disloyal to your friends, here's Sarcastic Jacob. Uh, if you're ready, then just gossip about them all the time, right? Talk about them. And then when people come to you to gossip, listen to them and don't stick up for your friends. If you want to be disloyal to your friends and, and don't love them enough really to tell them the truth, right? Just be a yes friend. yes, Say yes on everything. Don't rock the boat. Just act like they're okay even if they're not. Make them feel good. Never confront them when they do something wrong. Now, let me just tell, say this. You need a few people in your life who can tell you the truth. You need a few people in your life who can point the booger out in your nose. I'm sorry to bring it down to that level, but I need to. I don't want a friend that we're out to dinner, and there's a group of us, and they don't tell me till after we eat, you got a cliffhanger, Jacob, and you know, why didn't you tell me before? You're not a real friend. Let me know. I'm struggling up in here. Let me know. The back cave needs cleaned out. Come on, somebody, Right? I'm not telling you you need a lot of friends like that, but you need a few. You need a few, right? And Proverbs says that. Look at this. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times. You want to find a loyal friend, they're going to love you at all times. The good, the bad, and the ugly. A brother is born for a time of adversity. A true friend stays with you in times of adversity. You know that? A true friend doesn't run from you. They run to you in the moment of adversity, in the moment where life throws you a curve, in the moment someone walks out of your life, in the moment you get the, the, the letter that your job is shutting down, in the moment they say, you know, we're repo in the house, in the moment a friend sticks it out. Friend sticks it out. Are you hearing this today? Here's what loyalty is. Loyalty is being faithful when difficulty tests your commitments. Did you hear that? Loyalty says, even though I'm going through a test right now, even though it's hard right now, I'm going to remain faithful even in the middle of this test. I'm going to stay committed to this friendship. I'm going to stay committed to God. I'm not going to leave God. He's always been there for me. Why would I walk away from him? Because it's actually in the lowest valley of your life that you grow the most when you stay with God, when you hold on to the anchor of hope, when you hold on to his unchanging hand. Those are the moments in my life I've grown the most spiritually. And the moments of my darkest valleys are the moments that God has showed up and did a work inside of me and changed me. Come on now. Loyal. Someone say loyalty. Loyal. And the last relationships that's easy to be disloyal to is to Christ Church. To Christ Church. I love the New Testament Christians in the Book of Acts. Listen to this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer. All the believers were together and everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give every everyone. Who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Sounds like to me they did life together. Sounds like to me they were a family. Sounds like to me every day they were saying, welcome home. When you're here, you're family. Kind of sounds like Fuel Church, right? Kind of sounds like what we're called to be a part of. Kind of sounds like God's design. That you need his church. Right? You need his church. So Sarcastic Jacob is coming out for the last time. You ready? And then we will close and you can go eat whatever you're going to eat. If you want to be disloyal to Christ's church, just never really be a part of the church. Right? Just come whenever it's convenient. Just show up when you feel like it. Because we don't want to add a whole lot of Jesus to our life. We just want a little bit, but not too much because we don't want people to look at us weird or different, right? We don't want people to think we're in some cult, right? So we'll just go once in a while. Anyway, the average Christian only attends once a month now to in-person church. And most Christians believe that the church exists to meet their needs, right? So there's this consumer mindset that I come to the church and they need to meet my needs and everything needs to be right from the worship, the lighting, to the temperature, to when I drop my kids off and to when I go into the restrooms, everything better be clean. And when I drop off little Johnny to kids, make sure he doesn't have anything with peanuts in it because he has allergies. And when I go to get my coffee, make sure it's piping hot, right? And make sure the facility's clean, but don't ask me to be a part of anything to help in God's church. Because um, I'm not, not going to serve. I'm not going to be a part of it. And Definitely don't ask me to give financially because I'll, I'll just give when I feel like it. I make my own money. That's not God's money. That's my money. And pastor, will you t- stop talking about this better together thing? Because this group thing ain't, ain't ever going to happen for me. Because I'll never let anybody see my weaknesses. I'm never telling anybody the struggles of my life. Huh? Huh? All right, I'm back. I'm done being sarcastic. But that's how some of us act, right? And we never get planted, so we just cruise around. When something happens we don't like, when someone may bring a correction to us, leadership, oh, I'll go to the next church. So we just cruise around from church to church, never fulfilling God's plan for his church when he said, you're called to be planted in one house under one shepherd. Okay? And so so... You know, it's, it's common. It's common. It's common to get offended and get mad and never to work on things. Don't have tough conversations. It's common to not allow yourself to grow and to develop as a Christian in those hard moments. It's common to be disloyal. But I believe I'm talking to a group of people that are called to be loyal. A group of people that say, this is God's design. and I get to be a part of his house, his church. He gave his life for this church, and I'm privileged to be a part of it. Amen? So, as I'm thinking about this whole message, I I had to close it with one final thought that I want you to take with you, and I believe this will really drive it home for you today. As we look at these different relationships that we're called to be loyal to, number one, being Our relationship with God, our Father, our Heavenly Father. Number two, our spouse. Number three, our friends. Number four, His church. We have to say this. We have to say this. There's something wrong with your character if opportunities control your loyalty. If you run out every time, it gets tough. If you run out every time, there's a new opportunity. Oh, there's a new church in town. Let me go check that out. Well, God planted you in this church. Why you got to go check out something? See what I'm saying? Well, there's a new girl at work. Let me go check her out. Hmm? Listen, there's something wrong with your character if opportunities control your loyalty. Are you with me today? Opportunities will always come, but loyalty remains. Someone say, remains. Loyalty remains in the toughest of times. I took a vow with my wife 21 years ago in sickness and in health, in good times and bad, till death do us part. I took a vow. Let me tell you, there's been sickness and there's been health, right? There's been good times and there's been some bad times, y'all, when... Each of us could have walked out, right? And you could say the same thing about your marriage, right? There's some friends that I have, and we've had some good times, and we've had some bad times. And some friends left, other friends are still standing with me, right? That's how it is. That's how life is. You're going to be tested, but loyalty is being faithful when difficulty tests your commitment. True loyalty is proven, not proclaimed. So we're going to prove it to each of those relationships. Amen? I'm out of time. Come back next week. You'll get more word. Bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you that we're learning how to bring back these forgotten virtues. Honor and loyalty. We're going to continue to learn, God, so important in your word that we be people of honor and people that are loyal. God, we thank you as we hear this message today, maybe there's areas in our hearts that we need to make right. Maybe our heart is divided. It's divided, and maybe other things and other people have a part of our heart, but today we want to give our heart wholly to you. We want to give it to you first and foremost as our heart is given to you. All the other relationships will begin to line up in our lives as we are loyal to you, God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you loved us while we were yet sinners. You were so loyal when we were so disloyal. We thank you for loving us so much, God. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're here today and you're far from God. You've never made a decision to say yes to Jesus, a relationship with him. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. God knows you so well. He knows everything about you. He created you. He knows every decision you've made, every good thing you've done and every bad thing you've done. And he loves you just the same. But now he wants you to know him. It's your first step. You got got to know him personally. He wants a relationship with you. And it can only happen as you believe in your heart, as you confess with your mouth and say, Jesus, I need you. And I can't do life on my own any longer. And we want to say this prayer with you as you commit your life to Christ for the first time, some of you, or maybe others, you're rededicating your life to Christ. We want to let you know that you are welcome in this family. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're here. We're not here to embarrass anybody or call you up front, but you say, Jacob, that's me. I need to give my life to Christ for the very first time, or I need to rededicate my life. I just want to See who I'm talking to today. Just throw up your hand, real quick, so I can see that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? Just hold it up for a few seconds. I can see you. Yeah, I see those hands in the back. I see your hands over here, up front here. I see those hands. Anyone else want to be included? I want to make sure I don't miss anybody. Awesome. Let's pray with them, church. Say Jesus. Come on. Say Jesus. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I believe you died upon the cross for my sins. Today, I repent of those sins, and I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody put your hands together. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You could take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.